Well, hi everyone. Hi in person, hi online. So glad you have joined us this evening. Absolutely wonderful to be continuing our look at this series, Unfinished. And we're going to dive right in here. I'm looking tonight at Acts chapter... Uh, squeak, squeak, squeak. Thank you, Pastor Yasmin. Uh, looking at chapters 4, 5, 6, 7, and the first verse of chapter 8. And we're going to do that in about 35 minutes. So uh, pray for me. There are really three stories taking place in these chapters. And the first one takes place after uh, this man who was, been, was lame from his birth. Forty years he was lame, sitting at the temple. And uh, Peter and John were going to church at the hour of prayer. And uh, they say, he said, anybody got some money? They said, we got no money for you. But such as I have, give you thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And he went walking and leaping and praising God. And all of Jerusalem heard about it. And uh, the religious leaders weren't happy. And uh, Peter and John got in real big trouble for it. Second persecution here is following the story we looked at last weekend. Ananias and Sapphira wanted to look really righteous. Beware, my friends, of the desire to look righteous. Beware of the need to, for everybody to think you're spiritual and wonderful. Be afraid of that. They wanted to look wonderful. They wanted to look spiritual. And uh, by the uh, middle of church, they'd both been carried out dead. Now, you would think that would keep people away from church, but the, prophet, the apostles left uh, the service and kept praying for people, and people kept getting healed, and people didn't like it. The religious leaders didn't like it that people were dying in their church. That bothered them. And then people were still being healed, and uh, we've got uh, another situation there where judgment comes down and persecution comes down. And then Acts chapter 6 they're selecting the first deacon board. They're selecting people to be deacons, and one of them is named Stephen. And Stephen was kind of this supersized deacon. Not only did he do the practical things that needed to be done in the ministry, he went around and he prayed for people, and people were touched and healed and strengthened. And uh, again, that wasn't light. And uh, by the end of that story, end of chapter 7, uh, Stephen has been stoned. It's an overview of what we're looking at tonight. And then we get to Acts chapter 8 and the first half of the verse, Acts chapter 8, first half of the verse, and it says, after all of that persecution, Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on that day, great persecution began against the church of Jerusalem. So what's happening in chapters uh, 4, 5, 6, 7? That's just little persecution. After this, <laughs> great persecution breaks out. Let's pray. Father, help us to really understand what you want to say to us tonight. 
And help us to be able, and this needs to be a work of your spirit, Lord, help us to be able to understand what you want to say to us tonight in all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's begin by, uh, great persecution broke out. Let's begin by trying to define persecution. So we're all kind of thinking clearly here on this subject. Uh, the Oxford Dictionary describes persecution as hostility and ill treatment, especially because of race or political beliefs or religion, oppression. So Oxford Dictionary gives us that definition. Merriam-Webster defines persecution as the act or practice of persecuting especially those who differ in origin, religion, or social outlook. Three chapters of persecution. Great persecution breaks out after three chapters of persecution. The free dictionary, I don't really know what that means. I think you still have to pay for it. But the act of persecuting especially on the basis of race or religion. Abuse, ill treatment, ill usage, maltreatment, cruel or inhuman treatment. So we're talking tonight about persecution and persecution in the early church. The church is humming here. The church is doing really well. The church is healthy. But the church is also under persecution. So I'm going to kind of take you on a quick sort of comparative journey and trying to discover, discover some commonalities between these three stories. The persecution that took place after the healing of the lame man, the persecution that took place after Ananias and Sapphira experienced that unseemly death and uh, steamly and it's unseemly steamly and Stephen uh, after he uh, testified to God's grace and ended up being stoned so what was the reason for persecution in these stories uh, Acts 4 verse 1 and 2 the first story the lame man story as they were speaking to the people uh, that's Peter and John. The priests and the captains of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So what's happening here? The religious people are getting stirred up, getting upset, uh, because these guys were proclaiming Jesus and the resurrection of the dead. Notice who was doing this especially, the Sadducees. So there's two main camps in Judaism at that time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Sadducees were sad, and I want you to see why the Sadducees were sad. The Sadducees were sad because they didn't believe in the resurrection. And now Jesus has been risen from the dead. And then not only did he rise from the dead, uh, Peter and John aren't letting everybody forget about it. So they're not looking good. Second story, following Ananias and Sapphira, Acts chapter 5, verse 17. And the high priest rose up along with all his associates, that is the sect of the Sadducees, 
The Sadducees are still a problem here, and they were filled with jealousy. A lot of persecution is rooted in jealousy. And this sense that uh, another group is getting more attention than us. Uh, Sadducees didn't like the attention these upstarts who were doing miracles were getting. And then Stephen, what was the reason for his persecution? Acts chapter 6 and verse number 9. Some man from what was called the synagogue of the freedman, including both Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and some from Cilicia and Asia, rose up and argued with Stephen. So again, the spiritual leaders of the day were upset with what was happening in this new, what they called sect, these Christian folks. So we've got that commonality in the three stories. Uh, what action was taken by the persecutors? Uh, in the first story, this is what they asked them to do. Acts chapter uh, 4 and verse number 3, they laid hands, or this is what they did. They laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, because it was evening. So they ended up in jail. Second story, Acts chapter 5 and verse 18, they laid hands on the apostles and put them in a public jail. So they're putting these guys in jail for their faith. Acts chapter 6 and verse number 12. Uh, this is the story of Stephen. Uh, the religious leaders stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came and they dragged him away and brought him before the council or brought him before the court for a decision to be made. So uh, what do we see happening here? Uh, these people are uh, ministering, they're now being persecuted, brought to court, brought to jail, and what punishment is rendered? Uh, the commonality of these stories, the punishment ren rendered, Acts chapter 4 and verse 18. Uh, these guys stayed in jail overnight, Peter and John, and when they brought them out, listened to their story, this is what they said to them, okay, you guys, we're not going to, we command you not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. They were in a difficult spot here because the people loved them. People were coming to Christ. People were being, this guy who'd sat outside the temple for 40 years and had never walked, all of a sudden's walking and leaping and running around the streets of Jerusalem shouting out, hallelujah, praise the Lord, Jesus made me better. They didn't like that. Um, but they couldn't kill them or put them in jail because the people would have thought, man, you guys are really cruel. They're just doing good stuff. So uh, rather than sentence them to something, they said, just, just stop preaching. Be quiet. Keep your mouth shut. Uh, Acts chapter 5 and verse 40. Uh, a wise man in the leadership of the, uh, of the Pharisees and Sadducees said, uh, you guys... You guys shouldn't kill these guys. You shouldn't put them in jail. Uh, so they just flogged them and ordered them again not to speak in the name of Jesus. And then they released them. And in the Stephen's case, we read this, Acts 7, 57 and 58. They cried out with a loud voice, covered their ears. Uh, so what's the background here? They cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears. So all of Acts chapter 7 is... Stephen is uh, asked why he's going around healing people and why he's following this Jesus. All of Acts chapter 7, he's explaining it. And then at the end of his sermon, uh, they're, they're really starting to persecute him. And 
And he says, uh, looking up to heaven, and I see Jesus sitting at the right hand of God Almighty in heaven. And they really didn't like that. So they, with a loud voice, cover their ears, rush them, rush at them. They drive them out of the city because Jerusalem's a holy place. You can't do mean things in a holy place. They drive them out of the city, and they begin stoning him. And who, uh, this will be interesting as we move on in the book of Acts, uh, they're taking their coats off so they can throw their stones better, and they're laying their coats at the feet of Saul. So that's persecution persecution story. Now I'm going to ask some questions that may dig deeper into your heart than a smart pastor would do. Some people have suggested to me that since March of 2020, the church is under persecution in North America. So I want us to look at that tonight. Um, is what we're going through persecution? So let me throw another definition of persecution out there, which would apply, I think, especially to Christians, so, uh, and the persecution of Christians. So, persecution is suffering and ill-treatment because a government, ideology, society, or family has a negative reaction to me because of my witness for Jesus and practice of my faith. That's a definition of persecution in... A, with a biblical understanding of what persecution involves, are we being persecuted? So, this week, Pastor Donna read this to me as a bedtime story. And uh, I haven't forgotten it. As a matter of fact, yesterday I thought, man, this is so powerful, I should share it with with you good folks. It's a posting from Sarah Curry, C-U-R-R-I-E, on her Facebook page. She says, I'm having a hard time understanding Christians using the word persecution in relation to COVID restrictions. Because to me, persecution is related to witnessing for Jesus and practicing my faith. What are the primary ways I practice my faith and witness for Jesus? Number one, pray. Hmm. Guess what? We can still pray. We can still pray in public. I prayed in the Lawson food court on Friday afternoon. We can still pray in public. Nobody took me to jail. Our church, ever since the COVID regulations were established, said we're going to pray our way through this. And we gather to pray Monday to Friday at 9.45 a.m. So 
check, we can still pray. I practice my faith by reading my Bible. Hmm. We can still do that. I hope you are. We can still do that. We can do it in private, and we can do it in public. And you can even go to Kennedy's Parables and buy a new Bible if you want. And you can even buy 20 of them and go hand them out to people. Hmm. We can still read our Bibles. Check. I express my faith by praying for others. We can still do that. Check. I express my faith by loving God with my whole heart, mind, and soul. I can still do that, and I can worship him through song in public and in private. As a matter of fact, we can even put our worship services on the website. The only restriction we have in relationship to worship is being able to gather in a large number and be led by someone from a stage. But this restriction is not because of my faith. The Muslims can't do it. The Buddhists can't do it. The Hindus can't do it. And all the other faith communities can't do it too. Check that one off your list. I express my faith by loving others. We can still do that. You can pick up your phone, ask people how they're doing. You can check up on them. You can message them. You can see if they have any specific needs. You can go and drop some food off on their doorstep and ding the doorbell and run. We're allowed as a church to look for needs in our community and work out and help meet those needs. We can feed and clothe the homeless while it's super cold outside. We can send cards to people who may be discouraged because they're in isolation or in hospital or in long-term care. There are so many ways we can still love others. No restrictions on loving people. Still get to do that. Check. We can still be a part of a Christian community or a local church, whatever expression you prefer. You're still able to phone your pastor and get spiritual care. You can arrange for counseling from your church. You can attend services online, and yes, in limited numbers, but you can actually still come to services. You can go to so many Zoom Bible studies every week, you'll get worn out and fat spiritually because you're not exercising enough. You can pray and talk to each other on the phone. You can make sure others are doing well. 
so we haven't been told we can't go spend time with Christians. So do I personally have concerns about some of the decisions that have been made in the last year and why this is open and why that is open and why I can go there and you can't go there and all of that stuff? I think most of us probably do. Do I have a concern for our economy? Yes. Do I have a concern for people's mental health? Certainly, certainly, certainly. Are there some concerns about personal liberties? Some would say aloud, yes. Am I saddened by the reality, and I was asked about this just before church, by the reality that Probably half of our church family in the last 12 months I haven't seen face-to-face. -face. Does that sadden me? Yes. But to call this persecution, friends, I think is stretching it. But let's, for the rest of the sermon, pretend it is persecution. And if this is persecution we're going through, how should we be responding to it? Because this is how the early church responded to persecution. So if this is persecution in our minds or your mind, let's pretend it is, uh, uh, what should our response be? Well, first of all, we should consider it an honor to be going through this. Acts chapter 5, verse 11, if it's really persecution, they went on their way from the presence of the council rejoicing that they had been worth, considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. Oh Lord, I thank you that I am worthy to go through this COVID season. If it's persecution, then that's what we ought to be saying in our worship and our prayer times. Second thing is we should recognize we're being persecuted. We're keeping really, really good company. Matthew chapter 5, uh, chapter 12, the end of the verse, uh, talking about persecution, says, in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Man, if you're being persecuted right now, you just be really happy about that, really be excited about that, because they persecuted the prophets before you, and you're in the same company as people like Daniel, and people like Elijah, and people uh, in Scripture who gave their lives for the gospel. You're keeping good company. It's a great thing to be able to keep good company. Hebrews, 
You're hanging out with people like this who are in the, in the hall of fame. Hebrews chapter uh, 5, 11, verses 36 to 38. Others experienced mockings and scourgings, chains and imprisonment, stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with a sword. They went about in sheepskins and, sheep and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated man of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. That's the kind of company you're in if you're being persecuted. You're going to be in the hall of fame, the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 because you're walking through persecution. Thirdly, you should be uh, keep on rejoicing. <laughs> so these guys are being taken to jail and they're being told they can't preach anymore. Stephen is stoned. And what's their response to all of this? They just keep on rejoicing. Acts chapter 5 and verse number 41. Yeah, well, they're a little upset with us. So they went on their way in the presence of the council, rejoicing that they'd been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. Just kept on rejoicing. Our friends, I, 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 I may be hanging out with the wrong people. But I think I've heard more complaining and grumbling in the last 12 months than I've heard in my whole life. So this can't be persecution, because if this was persecution, we'd all be rejoicing. Because that's what happens when there's persecution. Christians start rejoicing. So I don't think this is persecution. Because we're grumbling. Christians, when they're being persecuted, what do they do? They rejoice. Hmm. Luke chapter 6, 22 and 23. Blessed are you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Be glad in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way their fathers used to treat the prophets. So if this is persecution, what the Christians are doing is they're just rejoicing, they're being glad, and they're leaping for joy. You feel like leaping right now? That's what you do when you're going through hard times. I don't think this is persecution because I haven't seen very many leaping Christians. Romans chapter 5. We exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance proven character and proven character hope. Man, when we're going through hard times, we just exult in it. We rejoice in it. Well, this is good for me, Lord, because it's going to build me into somebody who's stronger. It's the Christian's response to persecution. We just keep on rejoicing. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So the hard times come, and what do we do? We consider it all joy. So if this is persecution, friends... 
And I don't think it can be because we're not rejoicing. If this is persecution, though, we should be rejoicing. We should be leaping for joy. We should be considering this the greatest thing that ever happened. Because Jesus is being formed in us. We're getting stronger in our faith. We're learning new spiritual disciplines. We're learning how to stand on our own two spiritual feet. We are happy for it. But I don't think it could be persecution because I don't see a lot of it happening. What else do we do if it's persecution? We call it a blessing. Matthew 5, verse 11, Blessed are you when men insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of things against you because of me. They've been saying bad things about me during this COVID season. I am blessed. First Peter 2, verse 19. Uh, this finds favor if for the sake of conscience towards God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. Oh, it's unjust. It's unjust that we can only meet in small groups on the weekend. Well, if you feel you're being treated unjustly, you know what that is? That's just a sign of God's favor in your life. Why don't you get excited about it? It's favor. A am I hurting you tonight? Today? Or is the reality... <laughs> in many of our lives that uh, we really have trouble thinking like Christians. First Peter 3 and verse 14. If you suffer for the sake of righteousness, you're blessed. Don't be afraid of their intimidation. Don't be troubled. 1 Peter 4, verse 14. If you're reviled for the name of Christ, you're blessed. So this is a blessing if this is persecution. What else do we do if this is persecution? If this is persecution, what are we doing? We're praying big countercultural prayers. Look how the early church responded to persecution. Look how they responded to persecution. Acts 4 and verse 29. Uh, hey, you guys can't preach anymore. And what do they do? They leave, they leave the instruction that they're not allowed to preach anymore. And they get alone and they said, Lord, take note of their threats. Grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence. How much of that kind of big praying has been going on in our hearts in the last 11 months? Oh God, give me a new confidence to share your word with whoever I run into, wherever I am. They pray big counter-cultural prayers. Culture says, 
You need to be quiet. Keep your mouth shut. You'll get in trouble if you speak up about Jesus. And what do we do? We keep our mouth shut because we might get in trouble if we talk about Jesus. But the early church says, oh, God, they've told me to keep my mouth shut. I pray, Lord, you'll grant me confidence to speak boldly for you. Praying big countercultural prayers. Uh, listen to this one. So Stephen is being stoned. Acts 7 and verse uh, 59 and 60. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said that, he fell asleep. <laughs> What's been your response to the decisions that have been made over the last 11 months. Have you been praying? Oh, God. They're making some decisions I don't agree with, but Lord, don't hold it against them. Would you bless them? Matthew 5, 44. I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute. If you think somebody's been persecuting you over the last months, what do you do with those people who've been persecuting you? If we're Christians, if we're Christians, we love them and we pray for them. See, we can choose to live on one of three levels. All of us can choose. We can choose to uh, live on the demonic level, and the demonic level always returns evil for good. And uh, we can live there. Shouldn't, but we can. <laughs> We can live on the human level that says uh, evil for evil, good for good. But neighborhood church, neighborhood church, may God mature us and may we say, no, we as the people of God are going to live on the divine level. We are going to return uh, good for bad. Sorry, bad, wrong typing there. When bad comes our way, we're just going to return good. people who uh, who pray counter -counter, pray big countercultural prayers so we live on the divine level and then we see persecution as proof that we're living a godly life we see it as proof that we're living a godly life. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 12, all that live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So uh, if you felt persecuted in the last 11 months, you should just be so excited because it proves that you're a Christian living a godly life. Take it as a badge of honor. How many points have I got here? Oh, seventh point. Uh, and know your reward is great in heaven. If this is persecution, friends, 
Know that your reward in heaven is great. Matthew chapter uh, 5 and verse number 12. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. If you think what we've had to go through in the last 11 months is persecution. Oh God, it's so hard to be a Christian. This COVID is out to get us. If that's what you believe is happening, rejoice and be glad because you're going to have a great big reward in heaven. If that's what you believe. And lastly, continue to do good and preach and teach Jesus. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 9. <laughs> We're on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man. Uh, and that's why they're on trial. They healed a man who'd been unable to walk for 40 years. Uh, they were on trial for that, but they just rose up from that and they kept on doing good. And they kept on preaching and teaching Jesus. Acts chapter 5 and verse 42. Every day in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. <laughs> And as nobody's told us to stop teaching, nobody's told us to stop preaching. Let's keep on doing it. One of the challenges they couldn't figure out how to deal with about half a century ago was how to get these great codfish that were being caught on the East Coast to us prairie folks. So they decided maybe the best way to do that was to freeze them. But they discovered when the frozen cod got to the supermarket and then somebody finally got around to buying the frozen cod and taking it home and unthawing the frozen cod, it had lost most of its flavor and that didn't work so well. So they came up with a second plan for getting cod to us prairie folks, codfish. They bought great big tanks and filled it with seawater and just threw all the cod in there and let them swim and splash and do what fish do as they made their way to the prairies. And when the codfish got to the prairies, the fish weren't firm anymore. They were flabby. Flavor had left them. Uh, it just wasn't good fish. Then somebody came up with the great idea. Why don't we take those tanks we've got and keep them filled with seawater, but why don't we put their primary... Uh, nemesis in the tank with them. And when they ship codfish to us now, they throw in a few catfish for good measure. And the whole trip to the prairie uh, kitchen tables, they're swimming like nothing so they can stay alive and survive the catfish who want to attack them. And they come out of the tank nice and firm and full of, full of flavor. You 
You see, a little bit of trouble is good for the codfish. And persecution is one of the best things that ever happens to the church. And we always pray we'll never have any because we're so soft. But the truth is the church has done its best when uh, catfish Lucifer is trying to make the most trouble for us. So it's interesting how these stories end, and I share these scriptures with you, Acts chapter 4 and verse 32. Acts chapter 4 and verse 32. The congregation of those who believed were one heart and one soul. Not one of them claimed anything belonging to, was, to him was his own, but all things were common property to them. Uh, they were being persecuted, and they just kept on loving each other. The church was healthy in the midst of persecution. The church was looking out for each other. Acts chapter 5 and verse number 42 to chapter 6 and verse 1. That's just two verses. Every day they kept going to the temple from house to house. We're open at 9.45 a.m. for prayer every day, Monday to Friday. Early church just kept going to the temple to pray. And then they went to their neighborhood groups. Well, they probably didn't call them neighborhood groups. Maybe they called them Jerusalem groups. And they kept on uh, teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. And what happened? The disciples just kept increasing in number. They threw them in jail, and the church just kept on going on. Friends, we need a few more catfish floating around. Acts chapter 8, verse 1. <laughs> uh, they thought they'd done a real great job here. They stoned Stephen. He was dead. And Saul's sitting there thinking, man, this is the greatest thing since my mom's apple pie. Great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And then what happens to the church? It gets scattered uh, throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Samaria. The church just gets spread throughout the whole world. And Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 begins to take action. Uh, power to witness on the whole wide world. Persecution is good for the church. So friends, if this has been persecution... This has been good for us. If this has been persecution, it's been good for us. We've been letting Christ grow in our hearts. We've been drawing close to him. Have we kept on preaching the word? Have we kept on praying? Have we rejoiced in it or have we grumbled our way through it? I think many of us would have to say, hmm, I think I've got a little growing up to do. May God help us all.